Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is a pre-Howdy Dream Cowboys. I hesitated on my own catchphrase. Hi, this is Ryan from the Westworld Podcast. I'm just jumping in here prior to the podcast. The first one in a little while, but we have a good reason. James had a baby. Everyone clap for him. Everyone clap for him. You better be clapping. Anyway, he had a baby, but we're back. We're going to be doing Watchmen stuff, as we'll talk about at the end of the show. But before the show, I have to give a little bit of a disclaimer uh, we had a trouble recording this one. There are some times where it just didn't record at all on either end, and so there had to be major edits. Please just be nice with your feelings and your towards us, and and just like how you feel, uh, because we had you take had there were some major. It got jumbled, dude. But we like you guys and wanted to give you a podcast. We haven't been around in a while. Anyway, also before this. This podcast episode was brought to you by ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It actually wasn't, but if ZipRecruiter wants to sponsor us, that will be $20. I just gave you a free one. The next one's not free. Anyway, here's the show. How to dream, cowboys. Welcome back to the Watchmen uh, Westworld uh, HBO Boys podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the Emmys and also doing our review of the new season of Black Mirror. And then hinting at what we're going to be doing for the rest of our Watchmen podcast. I'm James. With me, as always, is my co-host. You know him better as the streamer ninja, Ryan. I'm uh, Tyler Blevins, a.k.a. Ninja. I'm a multi-millionaire. I'm great at Fortnite, uh, and I have blue hair. Also, my name is not that. I'm Ryan. <laughs> so the Emmys happened. That was a thing. I saw some pictures. Amelia Clark looked nice. She did look nice. Uh, we will get into how well Game of Thrones did. Also, how well other HBO shows did. Because James, as you know... We are the hashtag HBO boys. We are your local boys from the, the the town of HBO. So we must let you know how HBO fared at the Emmys last night. And honestly, I, I think you guys are, will, probably won't even know. Because the early numbers are saying that it's the lowest watched Emmys in uh, a long, long time. Down 22% from last year. And it's like... 10.2 million people, which is less than a weekly episode of NCIS. Also, there wow, was no host. Wow. There was no host. You know, I don't think, I did not catch the Emmys. Uh, NCIS probably did play in my house because my, my wife and mother-in-law love it. They're huge NCIS fans? Oh yeah, all of them. West Coast, East Coast, Chicago, I, I have no idea. But I know they're, they're all over the place. They watch any show that has to do with policemen, fire, but especially NCIS as long as it's in the Navy. If LL Cool J is there, they watch the repeats. Yeah, there was no host for the Emmys. The host, if you had to say who it was, was Homer Simpson. And as you know, Homer Simpson is a cartoon character. So Yeah, and he actually made some really problematic jokes, and, and uh, now he's canceled. Yeah, he's canceled. Sarah Silverman and I got on stage, talked about cancellation. Again, it would have been really nice for people to see that. But they didn't. Nobody in the world saw it. Just right off the bat, I'll let you guys know, Game of Thrones won Outstanding Drama Series. The only show I would say who maybe deserved to beat them, actually both, eh, I mean, Ozark could have beaten them, Better Call Saul could have beaten them, Succession, which was playing at the same time <laughs> that the Emmys was playing, you know, also Sunday Night Football was playing, Both Succession probably didn't beat it, but Sunday Night Football absolutely had beaten it. So I guess that begs the question. Uh, James, last season of Game of Thrones, do you think that was a pity win? I honestly think maybe this is 
like the Oscars, the judges didn't watch the show, and they're like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is the show everybody loves. I mean, they won Best Drama Series, but Danny takes an L, Amelia Clark doesn't win for Lead Actress, Jon Snow, Kit Harington doesn't win for Lead Actor. The only actor who came away, only actor, director, or writer who came away with anything was Peter Dinklage, who won Best Supporting Actor. Dan and Dave lost for Directing, lost for Writing. Okay. Good. Okay, but that's good. (laughs) But to be fair, Sir Brienne of Tarth, Gwendolyn Christie loses in the same category that Lena Headey as Cersei, uh, Maisie Williams as Arya, and Sophie Turner as Sansa. They had half the category of Best Supporting Actress and could not pull it off. The thing about Game of Thrones Season 8 is that almost all of it's good in terms of, like, the visuals are good, the music is good, the acting is good. It's just the writing that's it's bad. It's just the actual show that's bad. <laughs> yeah, Dan and Dave lost to Jason Bateman, who was a writer, director, lead actor, star man of Ozark. And they lost for the writing to succession, literally what was on during the Emmys. Handmaid's Tale came up short for their third season. Uh, they were sweeping these things like two years ago. And the, as I said Recently, I've been watching, or I've watched all of The Handmaid's Tale now. The first season was really, really good. The third season was less that. Have you watched any of it? I've only watched the first season, but I, I don't think I'm being too presumptuous when I say, streaming is dead, folks. You just you cancel all your subscriptions, all right? Because it's, it's, it's dead and gone, all right? Streaming? You know HBO yeah. is a streaming service, right? We're the HBO boys. You can't just tell them to cancel culture all of streaming. <laughs> No, I'm just making a joke. Plus, but th- yeah. that was like the main issue with the Emmys last night. It was a lot of the reason nobody watched it is because uh, Fleabag won for best comedy. If you don't have the Amazon subscription, you're not watching that. Game of Thrones won for best drama. If you don't have HBO, you're not watching that. All of the winners last night came from streaming services, barely anything that was on cable television. And so it's very niche markets winning non-niche awards. And like, it's... This is NCIS again. Didn't win. That's maybe why John Q. America isn't tuning in because Duck Dynasty didn't get nominated for anything. Duck Dynasty (laughs) not getting nominated was the biggest upset of the entire. Well, the day that it was nominated, buildings should have burned down over Duck Dynasty not winning anything. So, have you watched Barry? This is a this is an aside, but I need to know if you've watched Barry starring Bill Hader. No, I didn't see. Barry, I heard of it though. Okay, well, it's wonderful. It's it's under the comedy category, although that is a bit of a stretch. There's a great character called Noho Hank on that show. He didn't win for best supporting actor. Chernobyl won a few awards, but Jared Harris lost for lead actor in a limited series, which is fucking outrageous. That should never have act- that should never have happened. Did you watch the... I'm just going to start listing things that you... Actually, no, this is, this one's the last one before I get to how Westworld won nothing, although I pretty much just covered that. But Patricia Arquette won for the act. Did you watch the act at all? And what even streaming service was that on? Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, it was a good I quiz. I've never, I've never heard of the act, <laughs> and so I've never seen it, and... Yeah, I'll take a stab. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's on Amazon. I think it's actually on Hulu. I've watched all of it. Patricia Arquette did an amazing job in that show. I'm glad that she won, but she lost to uh, or she won against Emily Watson, who was in Chernobyl. Chernobyl, I think, yeah, Chernobyl came down with uh, three wins, second only to Fleabag that had four Game of Thrones, and last week tonight, which on Oliver came away with two wins each. And again, Westworld was nominated for nothing and got nothing. So. And who did The Simpsons give an award to? The Simpsons gave an award to every... Homer Simpson was the de facto host of the Emmys, but there really wasn't any host. I mean, the entire Game of Thrones cast got up on the stage to give an award away. That was a theme of the night. They were just taking entire casts of shows, but the entire cast of Veep went on stage. They gave an award away. And uh, the show we're about to talk about, Black Mirror, they they also won last night for Bandersnatch, the limited TV movie that they made. And okay. it won, you know, the Emmy for uh, what I just said, best limited TV movie. And it beat the Deadwood movie, which I absolutely loved. And I did not see Bandersnatch. We're about to talk about Black Mirror. I didn't see Bandersnatch. I've only read reviews. 
where they say there was a multiple endings, not all the endings were equally as uh, like gratifying, but perhaps I should have watched Bandersnatch. It's not what we're about to talk about, so I think it's fine. All right, well, before we move on from the Emmys, I have an article I'd like to read. Okay, you read it. Iron Man star Terrence Howard confirms retirement from acting in bizarre Emmy Emmy's red carpet rant. Okay, he's to be uh to for context, he was War Machine in the first movie and then he was replaced by Don Cheadle because he was hard to work with. Keep going. Right. Well, and now he's uh he's in Empire, which is why he was at the Emmys. Sure. So, this is apparently him in a red carpet interview announcing his retirement. He's saying, I mean, everyone keeps trying to tell me, don't say it's forever, but I've spent 37 years pretending to be people so that people can pretend to watch and enjoy what I'm doing when I've made some discoveries in my own personal life. Okay, starting off normal, right? Okay, so, he's he's been acting for a long time, he'd like to move on, right? Sure. So far, I'm on board, not crazy. Is it about to get stupid? <laughs> so then he says... Well, I've made some discoveries in my own personal life with science that Pythagoras was searching for. I've opened up the flower of life properly and found the real wave conjunctions that we've been looking for for 10,000 years. Why would I continue walking on water for tips when I've got an entire generation to teach a whole new world? Uh, um... Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot, buddy. Well, okay. Well, so, you know, so he goes on to explain. He keeps going. <laughs> Well, let me put it this way. All the energy in the universe is expressed in motion. Mm-hmm. All I, motion I is wanna, expressed in hold waves. On, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I wish I could see the interviewer's face during this. Just like nodding like, mm-hmm. Okay, L. Ron Hubbard, you keep going. Okay, sorry I, inter- I interrupted. Please keep going with this mindless dribble. All energy in the universe is expressed in motion. All motion is expressed in waves. All waves are curved. So... Uh, okay. <laughs> Where does the straight line come from to make the platonic solids? Is he about to just put down all homosexual? Like, is that where he's going with this? The straight line, (laughs) a.k.a. hashtag me too, cancel me right now. Uh, Oh, no, the opposite, the opposite. There are no straight lines. So when I took the flower of life and opened it properly, The fuck is the flower of life? (laughs) What is that? I found... Whole new wave conjunctions that expose the in-between spaces. Stop, stop again, please. <laughs> the term wave conjunctions has pissed me off. <laughs> you can't just be making, like, he's, I, I want to see him in the mirror before this in the hotel room. You know, because you know he did this speech. This is not something he's coming up with on the fly. He, Hold on, he probably tells his family about this every day. Yeah, he he got kicked out of Thanksgiving because he was just talking about it over the potatoes. And they were like, we don't give a shit about this, Terrence. His name, your name is Terrence. The interviewer's not sure what to do with that answer. Ask Howard, ironically, if he'll be sharing that little insight. Howard took that cue to go even further down the rabbit hole. I'll be sharing that on Tuesday when I receive my star. I'm going to be able to prove that gravity is only an effect and not a force. I'm stop. putting something on Okay, you. stop again, please. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, two things. One, he's getting a star on Tuesday, so he knows he's going to have the opportunity for a speech again in the future, where he's just going to say all this shit again, for sure. And then two, where did just where did gravity come from? Gravity came out of... Gravity's not real? Is this what he's saying? Well, it's an effect and not a force. Oh, well, uh, fuck okay. me, I guess. Fuck me. Gravity is only an effect and not a force. I'm putting something on YouTube where I will build the planet Saturn without gravity and build the Milky Way galaxy without gravity. So, what? I mean, I, on, after Tuesday, we'll have a brand new Saturn and a brand new Milky Way galaxy. Man, I can't, I can't wait for Without gravity. Gravity free. We don't need gravity. It's overrated. And Saturn doesn't just, need it. It's just an effect anyway. It's not a force. I... <sighs> I can't, I'm so glad you read that. That's so stupid. I mean, that's, but the thing is, like, L. Ron Hubbard wrote that down, and then a bunch of people were like, yeah, we're in. We're in. Scientology is a whole thing. But, like, Terrence Howard is literally like, no, this is, this is new Scientology by, by me, T. Howe. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be joining the church of Terrence Howard. Honestly, yeah, I might. I mean, I liked him better as War Machine. I liked John Cheadle, but I, I thought that Terrence Howard did a better job. I did not. You know what? Maybe I'm biased now that I think he's an insane idiot. Yeah, I mean, that's some crazy stuff. I wonder uh, if he's okay. Yeah, he sounds fine. 
He sounds just <laughs> he sounds really well adjusted and not like he has a cyst on his brain at all. I'm saying so that brain was the damage. Emmys. <laughs> I'm saying brain damage. That's brain damage. The whole Emmys. Game of Thrones wins drama. Terrence Howard goes off. Westworld gets nothing. Absolutely, gravity is just an effect. To be fair, uh, what Terrence Howard said in that interview was a little more interesting than the newest season of Westworld. If we're all being honest with ourselves, I hope gosh. they come back, man. Uh, yeah, that's that was my that was the hot take. The T How is really is really blazing a trail, whereas the new season of Westworld did not do that. But who who knows? Maybe Aaron Paul Jesse Pickman is going to bring it back. Right, and in forty years. When they make a beautiful mind too, and it's a biopic of Terrence Howard, <laughs> and Kanye West is old Kanye West is playing young Terrence Howard. I just feel it. So I mean, that's the Emmys. I guess that's well, the Emmys. We, anything else to say about the Emmys? No, that's there's nothing that follows that. Maybe they need to have a host next time, if, like a celebrity host that'll make people want to watch. Literally any of them. the 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 main character of NCIS should be. What's his name? You watch a lot yeah, of NCIS. Right, yeah. Get Lieutenant Dan in to the host it that in is Ga- Gary Sinise? I don't think that's the same guy. Gary, wait, he's, on, uh, he's on one of the other samey procedurals. Yeah, Lieutenant Dan does something else with uh, with those people. But yeah, no. Uh, no, wait. I need to know who the who, who the is on NCIS now. He He's building a boat in the basement. Ah... Uh, <laughs> Gibbs, it's Gibbs. Gibbs is is building a boat in the basement. You know all about Gibbs, don't you, James? Yeah, it's good that you looked that up because now I, I know what you're talking about. I don't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even look it up. It was just said over my shoulder by a helpful bystander. So we promised uh, our one Twitter follower that we would talk about Black Mirror. That's true. Which is good because we're still a little far out from Watchmen. About a month. We're about a month out from Watchmen, in what feels like an eternity out from Westworld. Johnny Vu asked us to talk about Black Mirror, so we are going to do that today, dedicating about half an episode to him, letting you know if you tweet at us literally anything. Well, we're very malleable. We'll do almost anything that you ask us to. And then when I asked for questions, comments today, Johnny was uh, once and again the only person who answered. I'm not chastising you. I'm just like telling you the facts. And we'll answer his tweet at the end. This, this this is this this episode is going to be listened to by five, 15 people. To, but it's really only for well, Johnny. That's weirdest that we we consistently hit a thousand listens or more, but nobody engages. They're just happy to passively listen. I'm fine. I don't want to beat down the audience. Yeah, Please yeah, we keep coming back. Be complaining too much. <laughs> like this. I take back all the complaints. Thank you for being here. So Black Mirror season five is that what we're at now? Four or five. Of Black Mirror, yeah, it's season five. As a sixty-eight percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the the comment is though Black Mirror's abbreviated fifth season never quite reaches for heights or surprises of previous installments. It remains one of TV's strangest philosophical offerings, for better or worse. That sixty-eight percent rating is way down from season one, which has a ninety-eight percentile, and every season falls lower and lower. Yeah, they did not exactly swing for the fences with season because. Yeah, their other seasons were like 10 or 12 episodes, and you would get some, you know, some more middle-of-the-road normal ones, and then some batshit crazy stuff to balance it out. But with just three episodes, I'll give it to them that, you know, these three episodes were all pretty different from one another, but they, you know, they weren't, none of them were that wild. I think if you throw Bandersnatch in and say that's season five, then eh, maybe season five's a little bit better. Right. I, that's why there are so few episodes, is because of Bandersnatch. Yeah, and Bandersnatch was a whole thing. But if you're only counting season five as three episodes, and you don't like one of those episodes, that's 33% of the season. It's it's easy to not like an entire season when you only have to not like one of them. For me, I watched these episodes 3-2-1, so in reverse order. I watched them 2-3-1, so almost, but different. <laughs> All right, well then let's 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 start with two, Smithereens. Uh, it's uh, starring Andrew Scott, who is the bad guy from uh, Sherlock. He plays Moriarty yep. in the BBC Sherlock show. Right, he shines slash came out of his shell slash became an actual 
star as Moriarty and Sherlock. He's so, so good in that season. Uh, Topher Grace is also in this. It's directed by James Hawes from Doctor Who, Merlin, and the upcoming pilot of Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer's getting a show. It's getting a show. I don't think Chris Evans is involved. It's going to be all on a train. One, a train show. I'm going to call it train show. Hell on Wheels was train show before. Now Snowpiercer's the new train show. Wow. We'll see how okay. it goes. Yeah, I don't know uh, him from anything other than Sherlock in this. Is he famous for anything else? If he is, I don't know about it. As for Topher Grace, I always like to see him. You know, he kind of left that 70s show probably a little prematurely. Uh, it's like when a lead singer thinks he can go solo and then it does not work out. Yeah, it's Van Halen falling apart. That 70s show was great, and uh, Eric Foreman could have stuck around for a longer time. They tried their very best to replace him, and it, you know, in my opinion, went poorly. Not many other, there aren't many opinions on the final seasons of that 70s show that are incredibly positive. No, it's like when Dawson left Dawson's Creek. How how are you going to keep the show going? Dawson left Dawson's Creek? Yeah, eventually. Uh, there were seasons of Dawson's Creek without the titular Dawson? That's right. That doesn't make any sense. I would rather listen to Terrence Howard speak than watch an entire season of Dawson's Creek sans Dawson. Yeah, but then Topher Grace's career kind of collapsed because he was he, he was in Spider-Man 3 and he had the goofiest, most ridiculous role. And I think people had a hard time taking him seriously after he was like wacky Venom. Right. He was sort of the worst version of Venom to ever be on screen, which is a real bummer. I liked him in Too Big to Fail, although that's not a widespread movie that people like. I just have this weird obsession with movies about the 2008 debt crisis. But uh, yeah, he's in this playing a version of Jack Dorsey slash Mark Zuckerberg and... And we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but it's mainly starring Andrew Scott, aka Moriarty. So Moriarty is playing a character named Chris who is an Uber driver. Of course, it's not called Uber. This is all innuendo, but yeah, he's an Uber driver and he's in a survivor's, like, a, 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 a group therapy session for people who have lost important loved ones. And, uh, he picks up this middle-aged woman who's grieving the loss of her daughter and, you know, straightens her out, takes her home and bangs her. Or no, he ta- she takes him home and bangs him. Straightens her out? Who are you? <laughs> what are you? Yeah, he works for Hitcher. Hitcher is this version of Lyft or Uber. Uh, Haley, played by Amanda Drew, takes him home or to her house bangs him, and then immediately pivots into telling him about the mysterious suicide of her daughter 18 months earlier. Right, and she's trying to get into her not know the password, so she's trying to, you know, guess at different passwords. She's got a list of, like, a thousand, but you can only try three every day. Yeah, it seems to be the focus of her entire life now. So, yeah, they have uh, what seems to be on Chris's end not that satisfying sex and this conversation. And uh, then I guess uh, they move on with their lives. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, that's some uh, backstory. And then Chris is back in his hitcher car, which is always parked outside the same large social media company called Smithereen. And he picks up Jaden, played by Damson Idris. That's a name right there. Yeah, he's a, a British actor. I was looking into him. I don't I don't know him from anything other than this. I mean, he, he has Idris Elba's first name as his last name. I think that's what he has the most going for him. Uh, Chris believes that Jaden is an important employee, so he abducts him at gunpoint. Yeah, because he's, it, so he's, he's, he's wearing a suit. So he's like, ah, anyone wearing a suit must be an executive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, they're all, the suits are all very important. A police officer sees Jaden in the back seat with a bag over his head, which is a dead giveaway that is, uh, kidnapping is occurring. And she and her partner, uh, start following them. In the chase, Chris veers into two teenage cyclists and ends up stalling the f- car in the middle of a field. The cops following him initially do not have a gun, and so they have to back off. No, that's really against the rules. 
They have to call the people with the guns. The people with the guns are on the other end of a phone call and a drive there. Uh, I want to make very clear, he veers to avoid the cyclists. The cyclists are children who then uh, start filming the entire thing, the entire standoff that is about to occur with their phones. And uh, Monica Dolan plays C.S. Grace. I'm not sure if C.S. is her first name or her title. I don't know things about the English system of law enforcement. So basically Chris makes it really clear from the outset. He doesn't want to hurt Jaden. He's just a bird character. And it's going to take a while though, because they have to go through all the back channels and actually the Zuckerberg character is at some kind of like nature retreat meditating in the desert. Yeah. They shot it at an actual nature retreat, like a, like a glass house that's built on the top of a mountain in Spain. Uh, you know, he, Jaden obviously is only an intern, but through him, they actually are able to reach the chief operating officer, Penelope Wu, at Smithereens American headquarters, which is, you know, way behind on the time they, uh, the time it actually is in the day. And, uh, she tells him Billy's on a 10 day solitary retreat. And Penelope continues to stall because they can't get a hold of Billy or really don't want to get a hold of Billy. And what's funny is that throughout all of this is like law enforcement is trying to resolve this situation. The like West Coast tech industry executives are like wielding more power and authority than law enforcement is. And they can more quickly get things done and look things up on the perpetrator. Right. They're looking things up. Penelope, the COO, is looking things up on her own social media platform about him and knows more about him than the FBI or the British police. And she finds out that Chris lost his fiance in a car accident with a drunk driver three years earlier and stopped using smithereens shortly after that. But she doesn't know why. So eventually he does get Topher Grace. They find him out in the desert. They send somebody to pick him up. He gets a satellite attachment to his laptop. So he is able to talk with Chris And Chris reveals the horrible truth, which is that, yes, the other driver was drunk, but the accident was his fault because he was looking down on his phone because Persona, a.k.a. Facebook, you know, all these phone apps are brain jacking us to be constantly checking our phone to get that dopamine hit. We're never in the moment appreciating a drive with our fiance because we're thinking about what's going on uh, on our phone. You're being so Terrence Howard right now, I mean, James. that's what, that's what, so that's what the show's about. I know it is. I'm aware. Yeah, Chris and Billy agree that Smithereen is uh, a force for evil and designed to be addictive as possible. Chris asks Billy for a last favor as he is probably going to kill himself and he wants to get in touch with uh, Persona's CEO, which is the social media platform that the woman from earlier that he hooked up with from the uh, therapy group was trying to get a hold of her daughter's account within. Right, and he unlocks it for her, so she's able to get in on her dead daughter's Facebook, which, I mean, like, is that also healthy? Why do you need to be logged into her Facebook assumably you're still friends with her you can look at all their pictures and posts well you want to read her personal messages like yeah (laughs) yes that's exactly what she wants to do and that's exactly what she now has the ability to do to really creep on in there and she has questions she wants answers what are you going to do and maybe call it stockholm syndrome but throughout this adventure apparently Jaden has begun to either empathize with or pity chris Jaden tries to grab the gun to disarm him they're having a struggle the Police sniper takes aim at the car and then bang and go to black. The officers order for the police to start firing snipers into the car, which is always uh, it's bad for your health. So this episode was all right. I've got it in second place. Oh, okay, Um, Yeah, don't don't do the rankings yet. The rankings are going to be for after. But uh, I will tell you, I thought it was more than all right. I I liked this episode a lot. I think it was mostly just because Andrew Scott is great and I I really enjoy his acting. Uh the main criticism of this episode was that 
it covered a lot of the same things the national anthem covered season one episode one one of my favorite episodes of not only this show but all of television and it didn't do it as well as the national anthem did which is i think true i I think this episode is is no national anthem but i liked it a whole lot so what are you gonna do yeah and uh, the issue that it's addressing is an important one. This is kind of fucked up the way that, like, brainjacking is totally legal and picked people to your platform is really bizarre and dystopian. And now you've got you know, games for kids with loot boxes in them, which is more or less just the exact same as a slot machine, except that at least with the slot machine you have a very low chance of getting real money, where if you're playing Fortnite or you're playing... uh you know, FIFA and you open a loot box, like, yeah, maybe you'll get a good character, but you don't, you know, it's not like that it has any real world value. And how many loot boxes did you open to get that? I love loot boxes. I don't know what you're talking about. And that's not a joke. <laughs> that's, well, in the one, I, Overwatch has loot boxes. Uh, so does uh, Rocket League has a different version of it, but, uh, yeah, no, there, I mean, there are laws coming up to, try to take them away, especially from people who are under 18. But yeah, I mean, you have Candy Crush where you can buy power-ups and you can just put your your thumb there, the same thumb that they have to open up the phone. Right. And and, and people just, you know, spend thousand money. And it's like, dude, come on. If the person spends five grand on Candy Crush, have they not just earned the right to play Candy Crush for free for life? Ever. Forever. Yeah. It's a free-to-play game, right? It's free to download. That's the point. Like, microtransactions. Uh, you know, I don't know how much this episode was about microtransactions, specifically. But they're... Well, it's about brain jacking, yeah, right? Yeah, brain jacking microtransactions. There could be mo- there could be an entire episode on just microtransactions. In fact, there might already be. Alright, episode three is called Rachel, Jack, and Ashley 2. And I think that this is, like, in the same series of, like... White Christmas and Black Museum kind of, uh, there's like a little mini-series going on within Black Mirror. Yeah, Charlie Brooker, again, he wrote all three of these. He's written, I think, all of them. And this one was based off of a comedy pilot he had from years and years and years ago. It uh, follows Ashley O, played by Miley Cyrus. I assume they decided to do this episode specifically because they got Miley Cyrus to do it. A uh, Miley is playing Ashley O, a pop singer who's creatively restricted by her entire management team. And uh, there is also Rachel and Jack Goggins, which are two sisters who are struggling with the loss of their mother. And it follows these three girls throughout their journey to meet each other in consciousness and unconsciousness. So, yeah, the two sisters live in like live with their dad in squalor. Their dad is a professional trying to build rat-killing devices and machines. Yeah, he's Maurice from Beauty and the Beast if Maurice was only interested in how to murder rats. Meanwhile, Ashley O's dark truth is is that her sinister, wicked aunt is actually in control of her whole life and is forcing her to continue to be a poppy, uh, like, anodyne, banal pop star when actually she wants to be a more serious musician, but she can't get out of her contract. No, she's very incredibly stuck. Uh, For her her 15th birthday, Rachel Goggins, one of the sisters, receives a new AI doll named Ashley 2, T-O-O, from her father Kevin, the uh, aforementioned rat killer uh and the little doll has a personality that's modeled off of ashley o and the ai is pretty far ahead than i it's it's better than a furby right it's a furby it's an advanced furby that is has miley cyrus's voice yeah it's made with the technology from from white christmas and black mirror where you make a perfect copy of the person's brain Right, so Miley Cyrus Furby and uh, Ashley too eventually convinces Rachel to perform a dance to Ashley's song on the ro- on a roll at a school talent contest. 
which uh, goes really, really badly because Rachel falls down. And then Rachel's sister, Jack, hides Ashley, too, in the attic and tells Rachel that she threw it away because she thinks it's bad for her. Right. And actually, we should point out that Ashley O's songs are (laughs) poppy, lyric-changed versions of Nine Inch Nails songs, which is a very funny little... Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's great. They asked Trent Reznor specifically if they could do that. And he was like, uh, yeah, sure. That sounds great. They made a version of, I think they made a version of, it wasn't Hurt. That's a Johnny Cash song. They made, they made like four or five of his songs. They didn't even use all of them. But I mean, On a Roll is an actual hit. It was on the Billboard top 50. It was like, I think I'm Miley Cyrus is now the only, artist all time to ever be on like the billboard top 10 with three different personalities right as a character from a black mirror episode yes on a roll is a pop version of the nine inch nails song head like a hole which makes a whole lot of sense and uh, obviously the other two personalities are her own miley cyrus and the best one out of all three hands down hannah montana so ashley o comes up with this plan to escape her evil aunt She's basically going to reveal that, like, oh, you've been drugging me and doing this illegal shit, and so I don't need to work with you anymore. But Aunt gets uh, the upper hand, because just as Ashley O is announcing this, it's like, oh, but I've already poisoned your drink. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she really got her. And uh, Ashley O passes out from the severe allergic reaction. Well, at least... The, her aunt says it was an allergic reaction to self, shellfish, which is not a good reason to, for a coma to happen. I'm, perhaps I don't know the medical implication of, of self, right. It's like, well, she had an allergic reaction to shellfish and then slammed her head on the concrete floor and now she's right. in a coma. It was mostly <laughs> the slamming the head on the concrete that did the coma. But yeah, so everyone across the world is really sad that Ashley O is in a coma and probably going to die. And, the aunt is like using her money or leverage or whatever to keep her in a state of permanent coma. Like they're not going to recover. They're not going to fight for her recovery. I don't know what do not cure order. Yeah. You got, (laughs) you got to do it for the hits, James. You have to keep those hits coming as Ashley's the news of Ashley spreads across the world. uh, Jack gives Ashley two back to Rachel who puts the toy on the shelf. And then we go ahead six months later. She goes insane. The doll does. And it, it it seems like it's malfunctioning, but in reality, it's just trying to break out of its limiter as fast as it can uh, to be able to express Ashley O's full personality. And because as it turns out, there, Ashley 2 is literally a full digital copy of Ashley O's mind, not just a tiny version of her. So yeah, now they, they basically... They unlock her from whatever restriction she had, and now she can fully use Ashley O's mind and personality. And the tiny little plastic Furby is determined to drive to Ashley O's real house and save the real Ashley O from her evil aunt. So that's what they do. They drive over there. Right, they drive over in the car from Dumb and Dumber, except it's a rat instead of a dog. And they work their way into the house saying that there's a terrible rat problem. One sister is playing just distracting the large bodyguard while Rachel goes upstairs and finds Ashley O unconscious in her bed when she gets up there Ashley 2 unplugs Ashley O from the wall uh, ostensibly killing her and Rachel was like why how dare you why the panic and she's tied to the bed and she can't get up and uh meanwhile the aunt's bodyguard's up so yeah, they basically like Mr. Bean their way through the situation. <laughs> I wish, you know, Rachel and Jack had been played by the Olsen twins. Oh my god. It would have been absolutely perfect. And then they get there and Ashley O is played by Elizabeth Olsen. It could have been an entire Olsen conglomerate in this. This That's a huge opportunity missed. So yeah, they, you know, they wackily defeat the bad guys and they drive away <laughs> uh, and they want to go and, and stop the aunt who is about to roll out uh, a hologram AI version of Ashley O for anyone to use for their own, what, like, corporate event or private concert. An actual dastardly plan. 
But it doesn't matter because the girls and Miley Cyrus slash Hannah Montana make it in time, drive into the concert with police chasing them, and confront the aunt and her dastardly doings. The aunt falls to the floor and is like begging for her life. And then Miley Cyrus is Ashley O, gives her the finger, and the aunt like snaps out of that and then says something to the effect of like, oh, fuck. Uh, which felt weird. I don't know why she was begging for her life at all. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. Yeah, I think that was that moment was poorly written. But the like you said, the last ten minutes prior to that was literally a Mr. Bean episode that uh, comes into the end. But yeah. So then you know, time passes and the three girls have started. Basically, they started Nine Inch Nails and now they're singing Nine Inch Nails for real. Right. Uh. The, yeah. It was the. It was Hurt. They rewrote Hurt, but it wasn't actually included in the episode into a song called Flirt, uh, which is wonderful. <laughs> I would have liked to hear that. Yeah, I want to hear it as well. <laughs> uh, Ashley O is now a alternative musician called Ashley Fucking O, which uh, obviously that's just the next step you take. They perform together with Jack as uh, with Jack and Rachel, and uh, we watch while... Kevin, the mouse guy, talks to a bartender about his mouse inventions, which is decently funny. And then two of Ashley O's former fans walk out in disgust as their idol's new direction uh, scares them. And then Ashley does crowd surfing and it's over. So this episode was kind of (laughs) lame. I like Miley Cyrus. She's good in this. She's a good actor. She's a good voice actor. She's done voice work in the past. She's, She's really good at it. But yeah, this, uh, it was silly. Sure, don't give away your rating yet, but the episode (laughs) holds a 50% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is the lowest rated episode of all of Black Mirror, along with the Waldo moment. And, uh, yeah, but let's, let's be vague because the rankings are incredibly important. Okay. But yeah, I mean, uh, episode, just okay for me, but I don't know. And Miley Cyrus is good, and she's really good in it. So <laughs> you sound you sound so enthused. Yeah, it's fine. This one is. <sighs> if my breathing doesn't, <laughs> if my breathing doesn't give away my feelings, that's those aren't even my real feelings. I'm being, I'm holding back. I'm taking it all and putting it in my pocket. Let's go to striking vipers. Well, real quick, oh, uh, the whole holographic pop idol thing is already a thing in Japan. Oh, Hatsune Miku, who? Yeah, what? Hatsune Miku is a is a Japanese pop idol character who does not even have a real girl behind her singing. Her singing is made by a uh, a human voice impersonating software called. Uh, Vocaloid, and so not only is her her image is not real, her voice is not real either. She's one hundred percent fabricated pop idol, but uh, Japanese people love the shit. Right, it's like anime come to life. I would I I guess that's so. Striking Vipers is starring Anthony Mackie, who everyone will know from the MCU as uh, Falcon. And uh, I guess we, you know, we can't say the other. I feel I want to say another thing, but I, I don't know. Is is Avengers Endgame spoilers? Is that over? And you know, from the MCU generally, or well, yeah, maybe. And from the upcoming Disney Plus show Falcon and Bucky, which is an amazing name. Striking Vipers is directed by Owen Harris. This is the third, I, or no, it's. It's two or three uh, episodes of Black Mirror that he's done. He's also done the Emmy-winning San Giornapino. I'm not sure if that's the way to say that. He also did three episodes of Misfits back in the day, which is a British show that I like a lot. He's also Black Manta and Aquaman, which I did not oh, see. Jesus. And he, he is going to be in an upcoming little joint called Watchmen on HBO. Wow. We have, we've talked about that one, so it's relevant. <laughs> yeah, Abdul Mateen. Uh, the second. That's a cool name. That is a solid name. It's better than mine in every way. Now Anthony Mackie is like a serious career man with a family, but uh, Carl, played by Abdul Mateen, he is still like a single 
kind of party boy, going to the club on Tinder, hooking up. You know, so they're they're the same age, but they're at different points in their life, or rather, maybe their lives are just going in two different directions. It's hard for them to to stay. Yeah, but either way, they go home that evening and they play a fighting game. It's basically Tekken, but AI Tekken, where you feel the pain from like actually, if you get punched in the game, you feel the pain in real life. So. Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Carl, buys him Striking Vipers, which is like a a VR game which you play with the device from the San Junipero episode, which is, and also, uh, the, uh, like, the Star Trek episode? What was that called? Right, where you just, and a few other episodes, where you put the little circular device on your temple and you enter the Matrix, basically. And, uh... What's funny is that he's like, oh, no, I never played this. I haven't heard of this, like, VR attachment, where if this device existed, it would be the biggest shit in the universe. Okay, so they play the game, and it's hyper-realistic. Well, it just looks like real life, and the hot anime girl character that Carl plays is now just brought to life and played by Mantis from the MCU. And then the characters fall into each other, one being a man, one being a lady, and uh, they fall into each other, and... have a warm embrace and then they're visibly distraught and they both exit the game right well do they kiss a little bit or they just kind of yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. no yeah there's kiss oh, they, oh, no. yeah they, they, they make out I think yeah yeah yeah, yeah with their men, with their faces with their avatars and then they slowly realize like oh no also like why does the game let you do this it's a fighting game it feels like a glitch right it feels like a glitch How long that did they be set happening? the fight time for like it's a fighting game if it was a controller do you press B to kiss like what is it like is that R2? VR mode, and you're trying to fight me, but I'm just making out with your character. I just keep trying to bang you. Like, dude, that's really... I'm just we're, I'm just trying to win the fight. Yeah, like, no. it's uh, Whatever, dude. I have more controls than you do. So yeah, this becomes a thing. They just start meeting up in the game to fuck. Stops fucking his real-life wife, who is really hot. Hotter than the game character, I thought, but whatever. But anyway, yeah, it ruins their marriage, basically. She's like, oh, we're trying to get pregnant, but you never want to sleep with me anymore. You're just, you know, you're just in the living room playing that game all the time. In reality, like a VR game, you know, you got the, whatever, whatever you're actually doing is on the TV too, so <laughs> just show him fucking his friend. Right, and she calls him out, says that he's having an affair, but he's like, no, I just like video games, it's different. <laughs> I'm just gaming, baby. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Oh, so now I can't wait, now I can't play games anymore? Yeah, it's just checking, I like punching. Yeah, so Danny realizes he's got to fight to save his marriage, so he's like, sorry, Carl. Carl, who he's been texting like X's and O's and heart emojis Weird. To. So <laughs> weird. He's like, we're not playing the game anymore, which destroys Carl emotionally. Right. It's it's the most important thing in his life by far. Uh, so months later, uh, a year has passed. It's Danny's birthday again, and his wife, Theo, uh, surprises him by inviting his best friend Carl over, and um, it's super fucking awkward because Danny's trying to act normal. Right, and Carl's like, let's do this. No, I, I'm straight. And they start beating each other up, and then they get arrested. Uh, and then Theo, uh, Danny's wife, is is really mad that she had to go pick Danny up after a fight that he got arrested for. And Danny has to tell her what caused the fight, which must have been an awkward conversation. You port to about a year later, and... On his birthday, our main character can bang his friend, and on also his birthday, his wife can cheat on him. So, happily ever after. I I believe that's the definition of happily ever after. So, James, what is your order for these episodes? Uh, For me, it goes the episode order. One, two, three. Striking Vipers, Smithereens, and then Rachel, Jack, and Ashley, too. Okay, well... Mine, I if I go three, two, one, is third is actually Striking Vipers. Second is Rachel, Rachel Jack and Ashley 2. And first is Smithereens. Uh, I, Smithereens I just liked. Like, just an actual, oh, you thought Striking Vipers was the worst one? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Wow. Okay. I thought it was the best. I know. That's why we're different. <laughs> it's good. Also, that it stands to reason... 
of our entire podcasting relationship that we don't say, think the same thing at all. It's 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 what makes us us, dude. Right. In fact, we have uh, uh, iTunes reviews where people are like, James and Ryan disagree too much. It upsets me. <laughs> I would like them as friends to think the same I thing like, at all. You know, times. I like to watch basketball, but I don't like it when one team takes the ball from the other team. All right. Yeah. It's not nice. It's not nice. Yeah, it's called stealing for a reason. Okay, interesting. Well, yeah, I like Striking Vipers. I mean, yeah, I, I watched all these with my wife, and we just had a great time watching Striking Vipers and talking about it. Alright, as always, guys, thanks for listening. We really just appreciate it if you're just listening. But if you do want to get us back a little bit, you can follow us on Twitter at WestworldRyan or at JamesWatchesMen. Um... You can follow us on SoundCloud. You can tweet us or email us at thewestworldpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to have to get a new email if we're going to be the HBO boys full time. Yeah, nobody emails us now, James. We don't need a new email. You can just keep emailing right. that one. Or, you know, maybe they do and I just don't check it. I should probably check it. <laughs> we, you know, okay. I check it all the time and nobody emails us. Please email us or, you know, just tweet anything you want. Also, we're on Spotify now. You can look us up, the Westworld Podcast on Spotify. We're, we're, we're getting, we're getting some streams over there. Yeah. Pretty- I, you know what? If you really want to help us, the cool thing would be to just recommend us to friends that you know if they like Watchmen or if they like recap shows or HBO in general. Please just let them know. Other than that, hosting the audio costs a little bit of money. Ryan and I eat the fee, uh, but you can help offset it if you get us up on Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. If you, Spotify. If you support us at the $100 a month level, you get access to my premium nude snap feed. Oh. There you go. I, I almost said gross. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's mean. That's mean. That was my... That was my not, not, the situation, James, not the pictures. The pictures are great. You know that. <laughs> yeah, and so do yeah. you. So... Uh, we will see you here next week for the Watchmen Fandom Guide. Next, next week is a stretch. Don't, don't give them promise. You said next week last time. No, no. I'm saying next, I'm saying next week. Uh, I said next week and then the baby was born. So there's no plans for a third baby the next week. What if there's a third baby, James? Yeah, you don't even like, you oh, know. Accidentally, we left one in there. Now, there it is. <laughs> it's a new baby, dude. I'm James. And I'm Ryan, and this is the Westworld Podcast. That was the most anticlimactic I've ever said that phrase in my entire life. It's usually, this is the Westworld Podcast. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 